want to talk about our opponent. They're bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced, and on paper, they're just better, and they know it too. But I want to tell you something that they don't know. They don't know your heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder. This is Young Catholics Respond, and it's great to be with you here today. I am so blessed to be joined by Jason Murphy on today's program. He is the coordinator of the Carolina Men's Conference, uh, which is gonna, we're going to be talking about today, and he is also the host of his own radio show. It's always nice to be able to talk to a uh, fellow radio guy. He has the show called The Obligation on the Carolina Catholic Media Network. So uh, super excited to have you, Jason. Thank you so much for joining me today on Young Catholics Respond. Hey, Bill. Excited to be here. I appreciate you inviting me on. Absolutely. And we've got so much to talk about, as I always like to do, though. I always like to start with our personal journey of faith. I think it's just one of those things that nobody can argue with. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, so if, if you don't mind sharing with our listeners just a little bit about you and your personal journey and walk of faith. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a continual journey, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, it keeps enveloping, and I keep learning more about it. Um, so for a long time, I guess I I'm, I was brought up Catholic, but I guess I looked at myself as, as really a convert of sorts. Um, but like I said, we're continually learning about our journey and, our, and ourselves. But even, even as early as last week, uh, I sat down, you know, I was... I was uh, fortunate enough to sit down with Dr. Ray Gurundi, who is one of the speakers at our upcoming Catholic Men's Conference, and he referred to himself as a revert. And uh, it sounds like Dr. Ray uh, had fallen away from his faith uh, early mm-hmm. in life and, and converted later on. And and I, I think I'm, I'm going to take that. So I'm, I'm going to call myself a revert. Um, we were brought up nominal Catholics uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, Loving parents, you know, loved their kids. It was myself and my sister. And, uh, you know, we went to Catholic elementary school. Unfortunately, uh, you know, around sixth grade, my parents split up. And, you know, divorce just, it brings just so much heartache and and suffering to families. And and we know that that trickles down to kids. And uh, and basically my, my very, you know, elementary you know based faith kind of kind of got you know stagnated there and and it never really you know set deep roots um so i began you know in my early teens kind of drifting away you know church became less and less important it wasn't something that was at least in our in our weekly lives and it you know kind of got away but my grandmother uh who was just a very devoted catholic and uh, always around you know she watched us a lot so there was there was always, um, you know, we'd stay with her and we'd go to daily mass and, uh, I never really, you know, I, it was nice. It was quiet. I remember it being, just being, you know, a peaceful place, but, um, you know, not, not being there all the time, you know, and only maybe weekends or when, you know, parents were going out of town. Um, it wasn't something that was, I was exposed to a ton, but, you know, with, with my grandmother, she, she was very devoted. Like I said, you know, there's imagery throughout the house. Um, she prayed her rosary every night. Uh, she would fall asleep with the rosary in her hands. And um, 
so I, I guess I saw that as a, as a kid and, you know, it, it just, I guess you pack it away. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, so as, as life took off and I moved into my, you know, later teens, uh, I ended up, I went to an all boy Catholic high school, um, in Louisiana, which I'm thankful for, you know, very good education, very good discipline, but, uh, really didn't have uh, a foundation to receive maybe, you know, more of the spiritual side. And from there, after high school, I went off to uh, Louisiana State University. And uh, if anybody knows Louisiana State University, <laughs> I can assure you it's a it's a fun school. It's a great school. And I'm, you know, and, and there are definitely great educational programs there. But uh, coming out of kind of a, a non-structured family environment, even though I went to an all boy, you know, high school, uh, it was sort of, you know, freedom was kind of presented, you know, it, it was, it was a very strict school and then going to, uh, a large university, you know, and, and being, you know, just very small in a, in a large, large pool there, um, getting to class, you know, became a problem. Staying out at the bars became a problem. Um, <laughs> you know, those type of things. And, uh, and it just kind of, kind of continued on that spiral that we know, you know, once you kind of t- start taking those steps, uh, they, they, they become tougher and tougher to recover from. And, you know, eventually, uh, I got involved in the fraternity and, um, you know, got into my, my late teens and, you know, really wasn't doing well in school. And uh, my mother was up in North Carolina at the time she had moved up previously and, uh, an opportunity came up. She said, well, you know, why don't you come up here get a fresh start? So I went up to North Carolina in 1994. I moved up with a fraternity brother from LSU, and uh, we uh, we were looking for the next party. You know, we you know mm. I think my mom was, you know, trying to get me in a more stable environment. Things had gotten kind of wild, uh, but I had made a lot of contacts uh, through you know working at restaurants and and just you know through school and not very good contacts. And so we <clears throat> moved up here to North Carolina. And just kind of continued on the same path and in probably a deeper kind of kind of fall. We ran in with some some folks that, you know, just kind of were into the drug scene and, and the drinking scene. And um, and it just went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got further and further away from any sort of faith or belief and, um, you know, really just uh, ended up in my, you know, around 20 years old, I got into a bad car accident. Um, you know, that was a pivotal point there of sorts. Um, and, and, you know, not, not being spiritual at the time, not being a practicing Catholic at the time, I remember being woke. It was a, it was a horrific crash. It was a head on collision, pretty bad. And it was probably, you know, due to, you know, partial that, you know, my state of mind at the time. And, um, but I remember in that crash, I was with my roommate and, after, you know, I remember someone saying, wake up, wake up. And, um, my roommate was out. He was completely knocked out. He had pretty much gone through the windshield. I used to ride around with a dog. I had a Dalmatian at the time. And and all the time when I would drive around with him, if I'd ever have to slow down real fast, I'd always throw my arm out. And, uh, and I never wore a seatbelt those days. And for that reason, for that day, when I was pulling out of the neighborhood, less than a mile away from the accident I would get into for some reason, I 
always thought, I thought of my mom telling me, you know, wear your seatbelt, wear your seatbelt. And I never wore it. Prior to that, I just never wore it. But my mom was always telling me, wear your seatbelt, wear your seatbelt. And um, for that, on that day, before I pulled out um, of that neighborhood, I put the seatbelt on. And, uh, and like I said, less than a mile away, we get into this horrific crash. And I, I kind of, I hear this voice saying, wake up, wake up. And I've always accredited that to my guardian angel because for all intents and purposes, neither my roommate or I should probably have walked away from that accident. But I had that seatbelt on, and when we hit the other car, uh, I instinctively, like I said, always you know, reached out to hold my dog back, who would sit in the front seat with me, and, and I held on to my roommate. And by having my seatbelt on and grabbing onto him, he was you know, prohibited from you know, going out the window completely. And my, my um, collarbone was, was, was broken at the time, but both of us probably would have been through that windshield, and it would have been a much different story. Um, so that, that was a, that was a, you know, that was something that stuck with me. I was like, yeah. you know, what, that, what is that? You know, that I heard that voice and, and, but I just packed it away and, and I can't say I had a conversion or anything at that point. Cause we probably continued on doing a lot of the same stuff for the next several months. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we got into some trouble, you know, we got into some legal trouble together and, uh, and at that point, <clears throat> the friends that we had made so-called friends, uh, and my roommate and I, you know, we kind of started kind of drifting apart. And uh, there was one friend around at the time, and he was the only one uh, that really stuck around. And it was interesting because, you know, the whole <clears throat> introduction to this other friend through my roommate was just they met at a restaurant and it was about getting together and, and partying. And, um, but for whatever reason, he stuck around. There was a connection there. And one day, you know, I don't think anyone's around. It was him and I, and he noticed a crucifix that I had on my wall. And that crucifix had been given to me by my grandmother years and years ago. It, um, it came from Germany. <clears throat> um, her husband who, uh, had fought in Korea and died in Korea, you know, had traveled Europe, but that was a, a crucifix that he had brought back. And, uh, and she had given it to me and it just, it was always with me. I had it on my wall in my room. So I guess, for some reason, you know, there was, there was something there, you know, I, I knew it was, maybe it was special. I thought it was, you know, it was my grandmother. She'd given it to me and, and she was still alive and she'd always send me letters, make sure you pray, make sure you smile, you know, all these inspiring letters she wrote throughout my journey. And um, so he saw that. And at that point he didn't realize I was Catholic. So he saw that and he said, so you're, are you Catholic? And I said, yeah, you know, I, I guess, yeah, you could say that. And he said, well, I am too. And um, through a few conversations, come to find out he was uh involved with the traditional latin mass but of course he had gotten away you know for a little while himself and was starting to slide but uh i knew at that point in my life i had hit rock bottom i was that was the lowest point of my life and he said well you know what do you think about let's let's go to church you know what do you think about going to church and uh (laughs) i just i kind of had this like soap opera you know hollywood kind of vision about you know I've, you see these people they go and they have the lights come on and and the crucifix speaks to them yeah. and, and you know hallelujahs or and i thought hey you know what <clears throat> i can't get in any trouble at mass you know okay yeah. that is the one place i can go and i'm pretty sure i'm not going to get in any more trouble so yeah i'll take you up on that wow. so uh i went one sunday and it was the traditional latin mass and i had never yeah. you know i'd never been exposed to that i didn't know anything about that uh, he he kind of primer, you know, his family was really devoted to the Latin mass. Um, so he kind of gave me a little primer, you know, it's going to be in Latin, you know, here's some of the things that are going to happen. 
But I tell you, I remember that very first day going into that little chapel and it changed my life. It was, it was the pivotal point in my life because up until that point, I had never seen solemnity and reverency. And it was like, uh, you know, there was something else going on. You know, there was, that's, that's the only way I can, there was just something else that I had never seen before and I needed it. And it, 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 I just latched onto it. And, and from that, you know, I began, began going every Sunday to that little humble chapel. And, um, you know, within a, you know, a few weeks, I, you know, kind of started, you know, seeing, you know, obviously, you know, he, he instructed me, you know, you can't receive communion, you know, until we, you know, you go to confession. And of course I had, I had done first reconciliation and I had, you know, we had done retreats in high school and they basically said, well, just come up with a few things that maybe you've done. And so I didn't know confession. I mean, I didn't know confession. Confession for me was just kind of a formality. And um, <clears throat> so I started pre preparing for uh, confession and uh, decided one Sunday, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and make a confession. And I prepared, I prepared very well. And, and I went way back. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I went as far back as I can, could, you know, could remember, you know, things and as best I could. Yeah. And when I got in that box, um, you know, he, he had to kind of walk me through some of the things and he's like, well, you know, when was your last confession? And I said, honestly, father, I don't think I've ever made a good confession, a, a, a full confession. And he said, well, let's just do a general confession. And so this, of course, is a little chapel where, you know, every Sunday the line's full to confession and, yeah. and people are regularly going and people are in and out, you know, and in two to five minutes, you know, they make their quick confessions and, and do the little cleanup, <clears throat> which is, you know, we know once we get going down the, the faith and we've kind of gotten rid of most of the, the large sins, you know, we've always got the cleanup sins, you know, the, the seven yeah. sins a day that St. <laughs> right. Paul refers to, right? Yeah. And uh, so I went in and um, we went through everything. He, we went back as, you know, he, we went back as far as I could recall. And uh, it was about 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and of course I'm the new guy around and, and I come out of there, man, but I was, I was just, oh, the world was lifted <laughs> yeah. off of my shoulders and yeah. everyone is kind of like staring, you know, I mean, no one intentionally <laughs> looks, but we are human and we have fallen human nature. Yeah. And then when, you know, when somebody goes in for that long, we're like, oh, this guy, he must, he must be a mass murderer or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I came out and uh, I could just probably, they probably smelled the sulfur and saw the bats flying out yeah, when right. I came out <laughs> that box. <laughs> oh man, that's beautiful though. It's an amazing journey. Oh my gosh, yeah. what, an, what an incredible journey you have. Uh, yeah, and Jason, I want to take that short break. When we come back, uh, we'll finish up uh, your the rest of your journey and figure out how you're now leading the uh, Carolina uh, Men's Conference, uh, which is so awesome, uh, coming up on March 5th. So right back after these messages here on Patchwork Art Radio. Stay tuned. In the Gospels, Jesus asks his disciples an important question. Who do you say I am? Over 2,000 years later, this question continues to reverberate in the human heart. Some have only given this question a cursory thought. Others have spent years pondering the answer, searching the scriptures and looking for evidence. This spring, Fiat Ministry Network 
and Patchwork Heart Ministry, team with researchers and experts who have studied the Shroud of Turin to once again pose Christ's question to you. Who do you say I am? What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. Today my guest is Jason Murphy. He's the host of The Obligation on the Carolina Catholic Media Network. And uh, he's also the coordinator for the Carolina Men's Conference, which is uh, going to be taking place on March 5th. Uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so, Jason, uh, you were just detailing your amazing conversion story. Um, and is there anything that you want to kind of finish off about the story before we find out how you're leading the Carolina Catholic Men's Conference? Yeah, I hope I haven't scared anybody too much uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> or no. scandalized anyone too much by now. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, I mean, like I said, that, uh, you know, finding the, the Latin Mass— uh, at that point in my life, I mean, that was a that was a big swing, you know, coming from a very worldly, very secular, very just anti-Christian life, um, and then being exposed uh, to to this Latin Mass, which was so new but so beautiful, and then you know, desiring to receive our Lord. That was the thing, you know. Once I got there for the first probably couple weeks, and just you know. Uh, just kind of kneeling there through communion while everyone received thinking, you know, that, you know, and, and, and learning, you know, in those weeks, as I started to start attending mass, I started reading, um, uh, Thomas Akempis, a small book, yeah. imitation of Christ. That was a, a very instrumental book in, in my journey. I just found myself drawn. I couldn't put it down. I was always picking that little book up and it just had such good nuggets. And, you know, with that and this friend, um, I was just kind of being led the Holy spirit just, you know, we found me, you know, our, our Lord seeks us all the time. And, and thankfully I was open to that. So, you know, made that general confession, started preparing and, and really trying to knock some of these things off of my, you know, my bad list that I was, you know, that maybe we're still had, you know, we're habits, you know, because we form these habits and, and if we go, they go unchecked, they just become part of our lives, like a cancer, like a tumor just growing and growing. And so it, it took a lot of work to, to cut off some of these habits. And I don't know where, I mean, I do know where it came from, from our Lord and, and, and our lady, you know, and, and the Holy spirit guiding me because I was, I mean, I was finding myself, you know, taking cold showers at that point. And I hate cold, really bad hate cold. Like I did the Exodus 90 a couple of years ago and I was really the toughest part, but even, you know, in my early twenties, I found like, I really, I wanted, I wanted to go. I was looking so hard, you know, for something for so long and and i had found it i'd now found the source of all of our want and um you know prepared you know and, and finally was able to receive our lord and um you know continued you know growing and over the next few months started you know learning about even what a vocation was and and thinking you know i'm a single guy and i'm living this life and and that's what the apostles did and you know, that's what St. Paul did. You know, he, he was living this this other life and, and our Lord spoke to him and then he just began, you know, he was on fire. And and so I, you know, I started seeking a, a vocation. Um, I, I went and, you know, man, I just, we could, we could talk for a whole nother episode on all of that. But yeah. I mean, I basically, 
I went and I tried to, I look into, looked into a, uh, a brother's novitiate down in El Paso, Texas. Mm. Uh, I went and visited some uh, traditional uh, monks down in New Mexico, some Benedictine monks. And I mean, that was real deal stuff. Those guys get up at like three o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. for matins and lauds. <laughs> yeah. um, it is true aura labora down there. And uh, I went and you know, experienced that for a little while and then uh, started considering, you know, priestly vocation. I thought, you know, I think I'm, I may be called to, to more than, um, than the, the brother's uh, life or the, the, the monastic life. And I, I wanted to learn about the, the priestly vocation. So I went uh, to Connecticut into some, like a pre-seminary, um, went to Chicago. I went to, uh, gosh, uh, just all over yeah. and finally um, ended up entering into a traditional Latin Two actually was accepted uh, into the fraternity of St. Peter. Uh, seminary, which I did not really stay there too much because I had I had um, really learned everything I knew about the faith through the Society of St. Pius X, and I, I was accepted into their seminary. I went there for maybe a semester or so, and uh, I was just, you know, I felt, you know, was able to discern that that, you know, that really wasn't the call, um, and so I left the seminary in 2000 and uh, ended up, you know, going back to school in Charlotte, and met my wife that fall, um, attending some classes, and uh, she was a Baptist at the time, sort of a, you know, they weren't really practicing, but she, you know, I began to speak to her about the faith, and through our journey, she ended up converting to the faith, and, you know, she became a school teacher in the Catholic school, and we had our, our first child in um, 2007, we're, you know, we were married in 2004, first child in 2007, and, um, you know, continued to kind of grow. I, I got involved with the Knights of Columbus and uh, through the Knights, you know, after coming out of the seminary and having that fellowship and that brotherhood, uh, I found the Knights of Columbus and it was uh, it's sort of that's what I needed because I, you know, I didn't have that. And when I was brought into Council 770 in Charlotte, I was able to find that that, you know, that community, you know, those men that were serving the church and living their faith and really got involved with the Knights and um, mm. kind of moved up through their rankings and, and did the Grand Knight. And uh, through that uh, relationship, you know, one of the recruits that I brought in, you know, he had been exposed to men's conferences up in Pennsylvania. I, I think, you know, probably uh, familiar with Father Larry Richards, you yeah. know, and so he he uh, he said, you know, what do you think about you know us trying to you know put together a men's conference in Charlotte? And I said, yeah, I think it's it's amazing, you know, let's let's do it. And uh, we spoke to the bishop. The bishop gave his blessing, and uh, that was, I guess, 2010 when that began, and we started the first men's conference, and it uh, it took off, you know, and uh, got involved with that for the first you know few years, and then of course you know we started having additional children. You know, baby number two, three, four, and baby number five came, and uh, life took off. So I kind of got away from it. I probably didn't attend, you know, for the the last uh, handful of years up until you know 2020. But uh, I received a call, um, I guess, in late 2019, mid 2019, from from Sergio Miranda, who was, uh, I guess, Grand Knight at the time, and he was kind of coordinating the men's conference at that point, and. He just said, we need new life, you know, at the men's conference, you know, it went from a very small, humble beginning 
<clears throat> took off, I guess the first, the first year we probably had around 300 or so. And then the next year we had probably like 600 and then it peaked at about 750. It really got you know, really big. And, and then it just, I think uh, over the years, you know, it just like anything, you know, if, yeah. it, if it, if you don't, you know, sustain it and, and keep it, um, nourished then you know things kind of can fall off if and so i think over the years you know they trickled back down to around the 200 number so sergio said you know what do you think about taking it over and i instinctively just said yes you know i god god has always kind of put in my head you know i need to be involved you know in in with helping other men you know mm -hmm. find our lord and seek yeah. our lord you know i've been given so much in my life and my faith journey and so i just said yeah i, I didn't with no hesitation and uh so i picked up the ball um, and, and jumped right in. And that was the, the 10th anniversary, you know, providentially enough that turned out to be our, our 10 year anniversary and, uh, jumped back on it that year. And here we are, this is the, the third year that I was back on it, you know, on March 5th will be our 12th, uh, annual. And, uh, it's, it's, it nourishes me. And I've been asked before, you know, well, you know, why do you do it? And, and my easy, quick answer is because I need it. You know, I need it in my life, and perhaps if if I'm not as involved and in helping the coordination, then I might not be there. So I've got to make sure I'm there. But uh, but I need it. Guys need it. We need fellowship. We need brotherhood. It's so important, especially these days where we're so divided politically and socially, even in our own religion, we're so divided. And uh, for guys yeah. to come together and sacrifice a Saturday to come out and join other men in prayer and fellowship and brotherhood. It's just, uh, it's, it's unmatched. You can't, you can't replicate that. You know, society can't offer us anything that'll, that'll replicate that. And, and our holy faith, thankfully, is there for us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, your witness, your story, and obviously now the action of what you're doing is so amazing. Uh, Jason, tell me a little bit about, you know, men in the area and really men all over the country. If, if you're looking for a weekend, uh, or or a day, I should say, a day, March 5th, um, to have some amazing speakers. you got some incredible people coming, uh, well-known names. I know you mentioned Dr. Ray Grandy earlier, but just, um, but just you know, let people know who's coming yeah. and how they can register and all that. Absolutely. So uh, Tim Staples, so pretty well-known Catholic apologist. Um, he is with Catholic Answers. We are uh, blessed uh, to have him there. Tim uh, will be will be speaking and he's a convert and so we'll be able to hear his story and and interesting enough you know the, those converts or those reverts tend <laughs> to be the ones who uh who really are, are on fire um you know and so i think tim is is really going to have a, a great testimony and a great message for us so so tim will be there and uh you know following you know right there along in that convert story we have keith nestor and uh I've had a chance to sit down with Keith and Keith was an evangelical minister for about 20 years and uh, ended up finding the faith. And he, uh, he left that, that path and that journey. And now he's, he's a convert. He's an author, he's a speaker, and he has written the book, uh, the uh, convert's guide to Roman Catholicism, sort of a primer, sort of a guide, like, Hey, you know, you've, you've made this jump you know, here's what's next. Here's what you should expect. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, these are the things you'll learn about as a Catholic, you know, litanies, rosaries, uh, prayer <laughs> intentions, all these things that, you know, thankfully our, our holy faith, you know, has, and, and many of, you know, the other Christian religions, you know, they just, they, they don't have these pieces. They've got a, they got a nice, they got a chunk of it, but they're not missing all, all these, these wonderful pieces of, of our holy faith. So, so Keith Nestor is going to be there. Um, Dr. John Aquaviva, 
He is uh, a fellow host on the Carolina Catholic Media Network. He hosts uh, Faith and Sport, and that's a, a great uh, show. Comes on weekly, and they discuss topics of faith and sport and how they relate with discipline and uh, fellowship. And uh, it's going to be great. You know, Dr. John Aquaviva was our master of ceremonies last year, and so I, I hooked him in. So he's going to give us our talk. He's also a professor at Wingate University in the Charlotte area. Uh, and like I said, Dr. Ray Gurundi. Dr. Ray is a, a clinical psychologist for 40 years and a father of 10 adopted children. So mm. amazing story there. And again, another revert, you know, convert slash revert, you know, someone who, who had fallen away from the faith and, and coming back. And of course, he hosts a, a weekly uh, TV show and radio show on the EWTN uh, network. So Dr. Ray is a, is a wonderful Catholic celebrity and I know will inspire us. And uh, of course, we have Bishop Peter Jugas. Uh, Bishop Jugas has been with us uh, for many years at the Men's Conference, and it's, it's always wonderful to have him there because many of the, uh, of the men in the diocese really don't get a chance to see him often. You know, if, if you see uh, the bishop, you know, it's usually a, a rarity. He might be stopping in at a different parish if you're not at the cathedral, you know, for confirmation or, or something of that sort. But uh, so I think guys are drawn to that. They, they like to see their, their shepherd, you know, and be able to participate in mass. Bishop Jugas will offer mass for us. And uh, along with the bishop, we'll have priests throughout the diocese. They're going to be hearing confessions all day. Mm. So they will be, you know, throughout the church, there'll be many different stations. And, and I just love that throughout the day, you just see these lines and guys are drawn. Yeah. They want to, they want to come in and they want to get cleaned up. You know, it's, it's such a great day. Uh, the seminarians of the diocese of Charlotte will be there as well. They will be serving mass and they'll be singing uh, in choir for the mass. And, uh, and that's another thing. That's another side that I don't think uh, many of the men get to see. Uh, you know, to see these young men who've left everything to follow our Lord and to just kind of see that they're, they're, they're normal people, you know, they're, they're human just like us. And, and uh, I think that there's just too many times there's a disconnect between, you know, the faithful and the priest and there, you know, maybe there's a hesitation to approach or kind of get to know them, but they're just like us and uh, they struggle and, you know, they mm. need our prayers and, and we need theirs. So just an all around wonderful package, um, March 5th, 2022 we are almost a month away at st thomas aquinas catholic church that is up in north charlotte uh just across the street from uncc and uh tickets are on sale now they um they'll go on sale and stay on sale and until you know if someone comes in and we've already started we'll we'll get you in there you know even if we hadn't you know we'll knock down the price or we'll just we'll just get you in and um everything's online at www.catholicmenofthecarolinas.org we're on facebook and instagram at catholic men's con c-o-n-f um and i also i just i'll throw this in uh the last couple of years i've been throwing this out there i haven't had anybody take me up on it but i will give you a hundred percent money back guarantee on this conference if you're not <laughs> completely satisfied i will refund your money so i've always put that out there it is uh, always there. If anybody uh, doesn't get anything out of it and was not pleased with it, uh, I haven't had anybody yet take me up on that, but that offer still stands. So. All right. Well, I think that that uh, is an <laughs> amazing offer, and I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to take you up on it again this year with the amazing lineup of speakers and wonderful program that you're putting together. Again, folks, uh, as we're wrapping up the program here, I want you to head over to 
catholicmenofthecarolinas.org and register uh, for this men's conference. Uh, it is called Quo Vadis, Where Are You Going? And uh, the general admission is $40. There's a student and special, uh, specials and students for 35 And if you want to attend virtually, you don't even have to leave your own home. Uh, like those of us who live in Wisconsin and don't want to purchase the plane ticket, you can attend virtually for $25. So uh, check it out. Go again, once again, catholicmenofthecarolinas.org. catholicmenofthecarolinas.org. Uh, But Jason, really appreciate all the time you spent with us today here on Young Catholics Respond and uh, look forward to having you back because there's so much more to talk about with you. Really uh, appreciate (laughs) it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was uh, great, great uh, going through that. And then, you know, just remembering where we came from, you know, remember, you know, it's it's, it's good to to track back on that journey and and, and look at the blessings that we've been given. So, So I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. Absolutely. Well, folks, uh, thank you again for tuning in. And uh, don't forget, head over to our new podcast website, patchworkheartradio.org, for all the information about our radio shows. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.